Welcome to the Daily Well Podcast with Andrew and Kate Seppo, your podcast for all things holistic health and wellness from a Christian worldview. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Daily Well. And today we are going to be bringing to you a topic that I have been very passionate about almost as long as I can remember, and that is decoding labels. And we've talked about this before. This is one of the one of the first things, one of the easiest steps you guys can make if you are trying to change your habits, your your lifestyle. If you're trying to get healthier. You know, we again we talked about the, the the main two things you look at are what you put into your body and how you move your body, right? Mm-hmm. Exercise and your your diet or your nutrition are the two biggest ways you can really change and alter your body physically. I would say emotionally and mentally as well and chemically. So this is so easy. You don't even need to go to the gym to do this. You can do this on your own right now. You say that it's easy, but it's actually kind of complicated. That's why we're doing a whole podcast well, on as, it. I should say, it's not easy to do. It's just easy to implement. You can yeah. start looking at things right off the bat. without you, like Right now, if you're in your house, walk to your pantry, pull out a bag of something or a box of something or a bottle of something, and you can literally begin to read what's in there right now. And America is known for a lot of greenwashing. We don't have some of the oversight on our organizations and companies that are putting out foods and products and allowing certain ingredients in that maybe something like Europe has in place. And so it really falls to us, the consumer, to understand what every label indicates. And so this is going to be a jam-packed episode. It might be one you want to save or dive further into if you're really passionate about this. Or get out a a notepad because we have a lot of really specific things we talk about. So these are all good things. And my hope is that you take away some highlights of that words may not always mean what you think they mean. There was even a handful that I was surprised about, even in my research. For yeah, this I, I learned. Podcast. I learned quite a few things when we were prepping for this yep. too. You know, I I've memorized the ones that are most important to me, um, but I expanded into some things that I don't always buy or look for, just because it might be relevant to you guys as the audience. So, just we want you to come away with words may not mean what you think they mean. To pick what you value most, and to just do your own research and dive into yeah what matters to you and what you're putting your dollar towards again at the end of the day we don't we don't believe in a cookie cutter approach to health i i keep i feel like it's 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 on broken record in my mind but that's the way we view health is that your body is unique to you your your diet your nutritional intakes unique to you the way you move your body is unique Mm -hmm. to you all of this can be listened to and implemented with a caveat that again you are unique and please make sure that this is catering to where you're at some of you might need to hear this, and it's a little more tough love. That's okay. Some of you are are well on your way in this, and this is just more refining what you're doing. But wherever you're at in your health journey, we hope that you guys can appreciate the the truths that we're talking about yes. here. We feel like God's created you to be unique and and to live into that and to live into your calling. And your budget may dictate that you can't buy the highest quality of something, and that is okay. We just want you to be aware of what you're buying. So you might not always be able to put the perfect absolute best in your cart we certainly can't however it is helpful to know if you have to make sacrifices for one versus the other it helps you decide your priorities on that or maybe it can challenge you to get creative with where you get it and supporting maybe going Mm -hmm. to to local farmers or local butchers as opposed to the supermarket to get your 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 eggs your your meat um some of your your grains or whatever you're 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 cooking Mm -hmm. with so yeah so why don't we start with beef, Andrew? Do you want to lead us off in this I one? would love to because beef this is, is like delicious. I love beef. So 
you know, when you go to, you know, the store and you see how all the different labels my wife mentioned, you know, everything looks healthy these days. Either they have some type of, you know, brown paper packaging so it looks like it's fresh from, from <laughs> you know, the butcher or it's 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 green wash and has some type of, you know, green pasture on Oh, it's got to be healthy. Look at this. It's got a picture of a green pasture and a cow frolicking in the field, flipping up its, its heels, right? No. So uh, some of the words we have, grass-fed grass-fed and finished, humanely raised, hormone, antibiotic-free. Those are kind of like the big ones you see with, with beef. And what does that actually mean? So grass-fed means that grass was given as a part of the diet at some point in that cow's life. doesn't mean that, that that's all they ate. It just means at some point they had access to, to, to grass. It doesn't mean they ate it fresh from a pasture. So grass-fed sounds good. It, it, it is good. But again, there's a lawyer somewhere and probably a whole team of lawyers somewhere who've found a way to slip in, hey, this cow at some point had access to green grass, so we can say this. And this is the whole point we're saying is what what that says is that it doesn't mean that the entirety of that cow was freshly mm-hmm. raised. So be mindful about that. I do want to insert one more topic that I probably should have prefaced it with. A lot of these labels cost a lot of money for different companies to put onto their products. So if you want to really dive deep into certain brands and products, um, they actually might meet some of the highest standards of food production, but they just can't afford maybe the label that goes with it. And if you want to buy a lot of food locally, this is where it's really helpful because you can go talk to people about how their produce is grown or how their meat is raised and you're able to support somebody locally. But I just want you to be aware that there could be food on the market. It doesn't always have to be labeled as this, but if it is labeled as this, this is the standards that it's meeting. And we, we probably should have started from like, there's there's no order and what we're reading these. So grass-fed sounds good. Uh, it's better than, you know, than nothing, but it doesn't really mean a whole lot. Grass-fed and finished means that that animal has eaten grass throughout the entirety of their life. When purchasing beef from a convenience store, this is what we look to buy. When, when buying it from a local farmer, you know, again, as my wife just mentioned, the entire practices of, you can ask that farmer directly. Um, it's not as picky about about things when you've bought them from a farmer directly. But when you're going to the store, this is what you want to look for. Grass, fed, and finished. Yes, but the beef that we buy locally, the cows do have hay in the winter. And I am okay with that because the cows do have um, open access to the pasture to roam. Obviously, we don't have green grass year-round here in Michigan, so you can't get grass-fed and finished from this particular state. But when you're looking at conventional methods of how those animals are raised, I do personally look for grass-fed and finished. Yep, yep. You also see things like humanely raised. Again, there's no legal precedent for really what that means, what they're allowed to do. So that that doesn't really mean a whole lot. Hormone antibiotic-free. Again, that doesn't really mean they were never even used. It just means that during the the animal system, when they did a random sample collection, they didn't find enough levels of whatever they were testing for. It doesn't mean that they didn't they weren't used at any other part of their life. So again, it's it's very confusing sometimes because it sounds good and it is good because you don't want to have a ton of extra stuff inserted into the the animal that then gets turned into the the the, the muscle tissue, the mass that you actually eat, and the hormones that are in the blood that you that you eat and consume. But there's a lot of loopholes, and so mm-hmm. our our biggest thing is, hey, buy locally. If you find a farmer that doesn't use a ton of that, that's great. If you find, if you're going to go to the store, you find one that says grass fed and finished. That's going to be your best bet. When it comes to uh, convenience buying. And when you have animals that are raised on an open farm pasture, access to clean air, water, fresh grass, that kind of stuff, they're not crammed into a cell. 
um, the need for antibiotics is so minimally small. Again, we're not saying that we're against any animal ever receiving care. Absolutely, because there's, there's crazy times when a vet needs to come oh, out. absolutely. And absolutely yeah, yeah. And that's where I like the local, I, I can talk to the farmer about what this animal has had. Our problem is these tend to start be, being given generically because these cows are living in unsanitary conditions. So the only way to make it sanitary for human consumption is to like... They're just given not 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 as a response to to issues, but as a as a as a proactive nature and proactively consuming pharmaceuticals. It's just it's not really a great long term yes thing. Yeah. Okay. Eggs. Eggs is one that we eat every day, so I'm pretty picky about because it's like I said, one that we consume every day, and that is probably my highest standard. Is if it's going to be on our plate every morning, I want it to meet my highest level of excellence. So I actually do buy these from a farm, the same farm that we get our milk from. So they are fully organic, pasture-raised, and they are wonderful, delicious eggs. But when you're at the store, it is very complicated to make your way through all the different egg labels. So we're just going to go through the four most common. Cage-free sounds great, but again, it's technically not guaranteeing that they had the freedom to move around. It just means that they were not in a cage, but they, they could have been crammed hundreds of thousands into a really small chicken coop with no access to outdoors. It just means they weren't in a cage. Free range. This means that chickens had 108 square feet to roam. Per chicken, right? Per chicken, yep, per chicken. So, I mean, definitely it's a step up from cage-free. They had a little bit more room, a little bit more um, room to stretch their legs and freedom to move But again, 100, 100 square feet, if you if you live in a 100 square foot apartment, you wouldn't be able to, to do much in there. So no, that, but you're not the size of a chicken that's, either. That's so. true. That is, <laughs> thank you. That's, that's the nicest thing you've said to me all day. <laughs> uh, but again, this is still not guaranteeing outdoor access, which is now where we get into pasture-raised. This does guarantee that the chickens had an outdoor roaming time, which is really important for the bugs to get some of their natural diet, which is bugs and grass. You mean the chickens to get What did I say, bugs? You said said the bugs to get their natural diet. (laughs) Can you tell I've been talking a lot today? Yes, the chickens can go outside to get bugs and good sunshine. And you can usually tell a difference between these eggs because pasture-raised tend to have a really golden, really beautiful yolk. Some egg companies will feed a, like random turmeric diet or something high in yellow to make their egg yolks look that golden. But a true pasture-raised egg is going to be a really deep, vibrant, golden yolk. And finally, if you see the word organic, it means that the feed that the chickens were eating was indeed organic. So technically speaking, the highest quality egg that you could buy would be an organic pasture-raised. I personally always look for pasture-raised. If it's in my budget, I'll do organic too, but that is a little bit pricier. Thanks for listening to the Daily Well Podcast with Andrew and Kay Seppo. If you have any questions or topic ideas, you can reach out to the Daily Well Podcast on our website, myhopefm.net. Just click podcast. And so the next next conversation we're going to have is about seafood. This is the one that I learned the most on, which was crazy because I feel like unless you unless you're involved in the fishing world, you don't really kind of, and it's, it's is the most least removed, at least for me, you know, I, I, we out in Michigan, we have a lot of, we have a lot of pastures, a lot of cows, a lot of cattle that are out and about. You see them. I, I don't really, if you don't fish, you don't really see fish a whole lot or are part of the fishing conversation. So typically what I've seen is <clears throat> when you're in the store, 
uh, wild caught versus farm raised. Those are the two biggest ones that I've seen. Um, again, farm raised, it means it was raised on a farm, confined in an area. It's not really good for your health or the health of the animals. They often use, again, a lot of antibiotics and pesticides to treat the, 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 the pools that they're in. And they don't have a ton of space to actually get around. So they're literally, they're grown literally to be as big as they can. And then they, then they, they kill them. And anytime that man tries to make the perfect environment for an animal, it's just going to fall short of what nature and what God provides for that animal. Yeah. Hence why you need the antibiotics. Yeah. And so wild caught, it would be just what it sounds like. It's caught in, in its natural environment. They've been able to swim and grow. They're not using any intentional uh, pesticides or antibiotics um again there's stuff if you want to talk about water pollution and plastics we can talk about that but they didn't live in in a a confined area now we have things like sustainably caught again not much for your health but it does prevent them from being overfished which is great and then this is the one i've never heard before which is interesting is pull and line caught which is great again it's just like it sounds somebody went out there they didn't use a drift net to, to overfish an area and that helped prevent overfishing and it helps them uh, just again catch one fish at a time but those are things that you'll find again our big thing is looking for is is it caught wild in, in nature we know that there's a lot of stuff that's already out and a lot of and research will show that there's levels of of plastics and other things and mercury and and, and fish and so you have to be mindful about that but again on top of that be mindful about where it was caught if it was in its natural habitat there's there's no uh there's nothing else you can do outside of those two things to really be mindful of where you where you you purchased it from and it's right on the label so that one's pretty that one's pretty easy i think it's the least to see pretty straightforward yeah usda organic this means that they must adhere to a stricter set of standards and that they have to have significantly lower pesticide levels. So it's not that there's no pesticides, it's that they're much lower than conventional. And this is typically, if my budget allows and the produce looks good, this is often what I would opt for. But again, it is nice to go to a farm and just understand how and when they're using those pesticides. Because sometimes they might use some pesticides, but they're a really low level and it might classify itself still as organic. Or you can grow it yourself and know exactly what was in it. But I guess I really do look for USDA organic. But I don't know that this is a label yet. But one of the things that I would really love to start seeing be as a label is regenerative farming practices. Because that means they really care about the land and the water. They're giving the soil rest. They're rotating their crops properly. And they're just making sure that they're giving back to the earth the same amount that it's producing for us for our food production. Yep. Uh, the next one is uh, GMOs. We could probably do an entire podcast on just general- probably yeah. So, again, for those that uh, don't know, Kate, what does a GMO stand for? It stands for a genetically modified organism, or it's something that man has made or altered in the laboratory. Okay. So, when you say non-GMO, this actually doesn't guarantee that the food is ever 100% GMO-free, which is crazy because it says non-GMO, right? No, they claim that they are trustworthy, defensible, transparent. I'm, I'm reading a quote from, from, from this website right here. Trustworthy, defensible, transparent, and North America's only third-party verified verification for products made according to the best practices for GMO avoidance. So when a an organization has a, G, a non-GMO tag, that simply just means... They're trustworthy enough. We, we think they're doing enough good. They're not actually testing the food itself. All the time. And I will say, I didn't dive crazy deep into this particular topic, but I do know that there has been a lot of issue with GMO seeds 
crossbreeding into smaller farms that are nearby. So that could be what this is alluding to. It's not guaranteeing that none of those seeds have made its way into the food's product, but yeah. they're doing their best yeah. to avoid them if they can. So again, good, but but they can't. And obviously, again, you can't guarantee it, right? Unless unless you were, were part of the the planning, the preparing, the preparation, the planting, the the cultivating, the harvesting of this thing. You can't know for sure. Even and if to even guarantee if, it, you can't be next to a food lot that does do GMO seeds. Yeah. So, what this is showing us is that you just you, you don't realize sometimes how far-reaching we've tried to hack our way into uh, even the crops sometimes. And so, again, not a bad thing. Just let you know what it legally means. Yeah. And we'll wrap up here with both natural and artificial flavors. So I know a lot of companies like. Pop companies, cracker, chips, cookie companies often will put natural flavors. And it actually means nothing at all because the FDA does not have a standard definition that must meet the word natural um, other than, quote, minimally processed and, quote, without artificial ingredients. But within that legal definition, things like Cheerios and Oreos can actually fall into this category. It wouldn't meet my standards for minimally processed. <laughs> what? Um, but you mean, legally I have, you, mean does, I can, so. you mean my Oreos are a health food now? According to them, yes. Okay. Um, and artificial flavors is pretty much exactly what it sounds like. It's something that doesn't come from the earth, but it's extracted and produced in a lab. And almost always it is from some variation of petroleum. That's fun. Yeah. So I hope this was really helpful for you guys. We learned a little bit, especially in the seafood section. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's excited. It's just, it's a good starting point to know what you're putting into your body. And just again, whether it's spiritually, emotionally, and in this case, you know, nutritionally, what are are you consuming? What are you putting into your body? What, what are the components of that? Again, I don't want to sound like I'm, I'm berating this, but man, you just have to take your health into your own hands. Yeah, be you your are, own advocate. You are, you are so unique. You are made in God's image. You are imago dei. You are an image bearer of God. And you deserve to have life to the fullest. And so we think that that's a good place to start is to know what you put into it. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Have a blessed day. Thanks for listening to the Daily Well Podcast with Andrew and Kate Seppo. We pray that you're able to take a piece of information back to use for your health journey. And if you'd like to reach out to us, you can at myhopefm.net. Just click podcast.